one of my favorite things during the month of Ramadan is truly the the feeling of peace in my heart. Um, for some reason, during this month, it's easier to focus on the things that truly matter. From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge. Today on the pod, a conversation about Ramadan with UW Tacoma alumna and current UW Tacoma staff member, Rehab Beg. Beg talks about her connection to Islam. She also discusses the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. Ramadan is defined by fasting. Beg talks about her experience, including how fasting impacts her perspective and understanding the world. Finally, Beg tells us how she plans to end Ramadan this year with some arts and crafts, some games, and possibly even some tacos. Rehab Beg, welcome to Pod Defiance. It's good to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And we are here to talk about you um, and your connection to Islam and specifically Ramadan, um, which from what you were telling me is coming to a, to a close either on the 21st or the 22nd of April, which is just in a day or two. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, um, let's talk about, you know, your relationship to Islam. And, you know, that's a strangely worded question. So what I'm trying to ascertain is, um, you know, how long have you been part of the religion? Did you grow up in um, a Muslim household? That That's kind of where I'm trying to get to with that question. Yeah. Um, so I did grow up in a Muslim household. Both my parents are Muslim um, and my lineage comes from Muslims as well. Um, I would say that my parents weren't very strict in Islam, like practicing it. Um, I remember when I was younger, um, it wasn't a very big thing to not uh, pray the five prayers, um, or to have to pray the five prayers, but growing up, I think as I got older, I saw the importance of it. Um, so like things like that, where it kind of was my own decision to be able to implement, um, Islam into my life further and further. I didn't used to wear the hijab. I just started wearing it about three years ago. I want to say, um, it was January 4th. I remember that. <laughs> um, and I actually used to work at UW Tacoma when I transitioned to wearing a hijab and I was at the student transitions and success. Um, and everybody there was super supportive. And so um, just being able to come from a household that was Muslim, but be able to pave the path on on the way that I see my belief and want to practice it and have a support system was just really amazing. <laughs> So, um, you know, you mentioned that you, I guess, fairly recently, about three years, started wearing the hijab. What what uh, prompted you to to want to start wearing it? Yeah, so it it popped into my mind here and there growing up, but it wasn't really a big thing because my mom doesn't wear it. My sister doesn't wear it. None of my relatives that I know or have ever met in my entire life don't wear it. Um, but I always saw like people who were Muslim wearing it. And I always saw it as such a beautiful thing. Um, I think when I was younger, my, I, I took a lot of my personality from my looks. 
um, because it's just a natural thing when you're younger um, growing up. It's just you you see that more in the Western um, society. So it I was really daunted by the fact of transitioning to wear a hijab, even if I wanted to. Um, and then I remember this one day, I think it was like December 24th. Um, I had, um, I, it was like some kind of like, I don't know if I passed out or what had happened. It was the first time I've ever experienced passing out. And I had like a mini seizure and woke up. And I remember the very first thing that happened in my mind was I could have died without wearing a hijab for some reason. (laughs) And it wasn't like an active thought that I was thinking about. It was just like, like maybe when I was in sixth grade, it popped up. And then maybe when I was in 12th grade, it popped up. It wasn't something that I was actively thinking about. But in that moment, that's what I thought about. And then um, I think like a week later, I ordered some hijabs. And then a week after that, I basically was wearing a hijab. As I said, January 4th was the first day that I wore it. Um, so let's let's switch to talking about Ramadan, which, um, you know, I've... I've heard a lot about over the years, uh, but I only know basically like the same two things I, I hear about. Um, you know, there's fasting involved. Um, and well, the other part is uh, that it's like a month long and you break the fast like when the sun goes down. And uh, that's all I know. And frankly, that could all be wrong. Um, so I wonder if you could give us sort of a, a little overview of of uh, of what Ramadan is. Yeah. Um, so. Ramadan um, goes with accordance to the Muslim lunar calendar. I don't know the end all be all for that. My mom knows a whole lot more and it confuses me, but I do know that. Um, And it's, as you said, a month of fasting from sunrise to sunset. Um, So waking up prior to sunrise to be able to eat and drink um, and then um, pray at for the first prayer, which is the, the one for sunrise. Um, and that is the starting point. Um, and then the whole, what I've understood Ramadan to be is learning to be humble, um, and giving more, um, in charity or just like being kinder to, to people, um, putting yourself in the shoes of those that are less fortunate, um, and being grateful for what we have and what we can also bring to others. Um, and then you're also learning key skills such as self-discipline, um, courage, strength, um, like I said, being humble, self-restraint, such like that, um, because fasting isn't just not eating or not drinking. It's like you're using all your senses to focus on the bigger picture. Um, so like the way that I see it, an example is one of the senses are eyesight. So lowering your gaze is a really big thing. Um, and, um, being respectful for other people and stuff like that. Um, and then the way that I see Ramadan is a month to cleanse and purify your mind, heart, body, and soul. So let's talk about the, um, the fasting component of it. Cause you know, we were talking about this a week or so ago, like, this time of year is sort of when the days are getting much longer. Um, so it does feel, I mean, to an outsider, it feels like it could be quite the challenge because uh, it's a long period of time to be fasting. Um, so talk about this, this, the aspect of fasting and how that impacts your daily life. And I know you're, 
you're you're a UW Tacoma graduate, um, but I wonder if you remember what that process was like when you were a student as well. Yeah. So when I started fasting um, for like the first year up until like now, um, the days have gotten shorter because Ramadan shifts 10 days back every single year. Um, so technically, this is the shortest Ramadan cycle per day that I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, so I remember during school when I was at UW Tacoma, it was longer than it is now. And it can be challenging because you're in class. Um, I remember this one time when I was in class and my stomach growled so loud and it was dead silent, like pin drop silent. And I was trying to act like it wasn't me, but everyone, everyone knew it was me. <laughs> so that's one aspect. Um, and then also trying to, uh, arrange your day around prayer schedules can be challenging because, you know, if you have a test going on, it's basic rules that you're not allowed to leave because of, you know, reasons of cheating and stuff like that. Um, and then also like, if you have a later class in the day, um, being able to open your fast during class, um, can be a little awkward, um, especially if you have, um, ethnic food and Pakistani. So that, that can take up the, the aroma goat kills around the room. Um, I think it's, it's a good aroma, but others have opinions elsewise. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, it can be challenging navigating it, especially because when you're a student, there's so much going on in your life, um, and balancing things at home, uh, homework, studying, being in class, um, social life, so much. Um, but it's also fun because the more challenging it is afterwards, you feel so accomplished and satisfied with yourself that you did that. And that was like your own independent strength. Um, and it really shows you that you can think that things are impossible and then you do it and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. So this question kind of goes off of the previous one, but um, you know, for for Ramadan, what is something that you really enjoy about uh, this holy month? And what is something that is maybe a little challenging for you? Um, one of my favorite things during the month of Ramadan is truly the, the feeling of peace in my heart. Um, for some reason, during this month, it's easier to focus on the things that truly matter. Like you're able to put away the stressors that I feel like we feel more commonly throughout the day and where we focus on, like we hyper-focus on the little things in life and forget about the, the bigger picture. And this month really helps me and being like, I have so much um, that I've been given in my life and I need to be more grateful for those things and see how I can use what I have to better my life and also better the lives of others. Um, so I just, I love that aspect. Um, and what's difficult about this time period um, is honestly the sleep schedule. Um, one, because I, I pray five times a day and it's according to the sun. Um, so the longer the days get, the more scattered out the prayer schedules are throughout the day. Um, and so sometimes like during the summer, if uh, Ramadan is then, it can be like, I'm praying the last prayer 
around 10 or 11. And then I have to wake up around two um, or three to pray the first prayer. Um, And then like having to fall back asleep if there's like an hour or two left before school or before work. Um, And so thankfully right now I have a a really flexible schedule. So it helps me during the month of Ramadan and I have a really great support system at work. Um, I haven't had that all the time in my previous work um, places. Um, So being able to navigate that, I think it, it's really, really difficult depending on on what situations I'm in. So what keeps you going like and um, you know, because I imagine there are moments when you when you get up to pray and you're like, well, now I can't fall back asleep <laughs> and it's two in the morning. Um, you know, so what keeps you going through throughout the month? Honestly, it's that feeling of peace and happiness. Um, it's truly a feeling that I don't think I could ever describe unless someone undergoes it. Um, and having the ability to not have extreme stressors, um, like before in my, uh, I had used to have a job where they weren't understanding of my religious obligations at all. Um, and in those in those certain situations, Ramadan wasn't as peaceful for me because I was always stressed and like my prioritizing that over being able to hone in on Ramadan. And so being able to work at UWT at Milgard right now um, and having a really um, understanding support system, I've been able to um, you know, achieve my goal for the last two years. My goal was to finish reading the Quran during the month of Ramadan. Last year I completed it. Um, and this year I'm almost there. I'm at like 750 something or something. Um, so I'm almost there. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it's also, um, hope that gets instilled back into me about, um, like I said before, I it's easy to focus in on certain aspects of your life that aren't coming into play the way that you hoped or um, in the time frame that you wanted it. And then realizing that um, God has a plan. And, you know, if something's not happening, it may be for your betterment. If something is happening, it could be something that later changes, but that's okay. You just have to trust in the plan and do the best that you can. And it helps me to understand that that I am successful no matter what's happening. So if I, if I heard correct, you start during the, during the month beginning, you start reading the Quran and then you hope to, you complete it by the time Ramadan ends. So do you have like a set schedule? Like, okay, I've got to read like 40 pages a day to like, how do you, how do you, how do you ensure that you get to where you want to go? Yeah. Um, so before Ramadan starts, I calculate um, how many I would have to read in order to fulfill the requirement. Um, there's, I read the one in um, English. It has like Arabic and English. Um, my mom reads the one that's just Arabic. Um, and mine is 859 pages, I want to say. Um, and so I always start off, I think, it might be 30 pages. I think I started off. Um, and then some days I have to read more because also women, um, 
when they are on their cycle, they don't have to pray or fast. So you lose a couple of days in between the month. Um, and so I remember um, after I could start fasting again, I was frantic because I thought I wasn't going to complete it in time. And I also calculated one day extra, not knowing that potentially you could be one day um, ahead. And so it was one day I sat down and read like 70 pages. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, now I'm good. Um, but yeah, it, I think at first it seems so daunting because you have like 859 pages, but once you get through about 200 of it, you get into the momentum and it feels really nice. It's super awesome. Um, so what does it look like, you know, at the end of every day when you can break the the fast, like I, is there are you just like, oh, okay, I'm going to eat now? Or is there is a process before you 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 can eat? Like, what does that look like at the end of each day? Yeah. Um, so my family and I, um, I live with my family, my, my two parents. Um, and we sit around the table. Um, the process is recommended that you um, pray. And there's like different versions of praying in Islam. There's like the obligatory prayers that you do. Um, the five times throughout the day. And then there's like the ones where you just kind of like sit and talk to God. Um, and so we sit around the table. Um, we make this thing called a dua, which is a prayer. Um, and you fold your hands together and just just talk to, to God. Um, and it's really, really important that you do that right before opening your fast, because it's said that the prayers that you say as someone who is fasting or like right before breaking your fast gets accepted. Um, so it's a really beautiful thing to be sitting around with everybody and just like in silence, but like talking about the things that you want or want to achieve or things that you see in the world that you want to not be happening and stuff like that. Um, and then right after that, we had this, uh, call to prayer. It's called the Nazan. Um, and it'll play, um, and it does that for each prayer. And that's the fourth prayer of the day, which is the sunset prayer. Um, and that's how you know that you can break your fast. So then you take um, either a date or water um, and that's how you break your fast. And you say a little prayer right before breaking your fast. Um, and then you pray the fourth prayer and then you just grub. <laughs> I love the intimacy of, of the end of the day with your family and the sort of the process to go through and then just being like, okay, now stuff your face. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, I love the how it's just like a very personal thing and that it's just sort of like primal. I am <laughs> very hungry right now. <laughs> so what, you know, we've talked about the end of the day. What does the end of Ramadan look like? Is it is it like a celebration? How do you mark sort of the end of, of the of, of the month? So there's a um holiday. Um, called Eid. And we, as Muslims in Islam, have two Eids. That Those are the only holidays that we celebrate. Um, and the one after Ramadan is called Eid al-Fitr. Um, and basically, it's a celebration of food. <laughs> um, or I guess I should also say the celebrating of the end of the holy month of Ramadan, but also celebration of food. <laughs> um, and you basically show gratitude to God um, and you spend time with the people that you love and care about. Um, folks will go to the mosque to pray the Eid special prayer. Um, and 
and then grub like <laughs> and eat as much as they can. <laughs> um, and in the past, I remember celebrating it uh, mostly with my sister um, and then forcing our family to to do stuff together. <laughs> um, and then I think this year, um, my sister actually recently got married and moved to Virginia. So um, this year I decided to do things a little differently and I invited all of my friends over um, and we're going to celebrate it together. Um, I'm doing like an arts and crafts day. I have games ready. Um, I'm creating like a Muslim bingo and there's going to be prizes for it. Um, and I did like a, my own version of guess how many things are in the jar. Like you see that at like school, um, scholastic things, um, where they put something and then you get a prize. So I put dates in the jar and I'm going to make people guess how many dates are in the jar, um, and just make it interactive. Most of my friends aren't really Muslim, so (laughs) having generic things for everybody to do. Um, is there a significance to the, to the date? Cause I notice it's, it seems pretty prominent both at the end of the day and then, then, and then at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, as far as my understanding goes, Islam is very based on living a healthy lifestyle. Um, and a lot of it is the food that you intake. Um, and it was, um, it was prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa That means peace and blessings be upon him. Um, he would break his fast with a date and recommended that everybody do that. It's either date or water. So, yeah. So last question. So, you know, after the date, is there a, is there like a, a food that you're like, yes, I want this first, maybe, maybe at the, either at the end of the day or the end of the month, do you have like a go-to food or is it just like whatever's right there? Um, I feel like my primal instincts kick in so whatever I see I will want (laughs) Um, I did have a lot of cravings for tacos um, but that might just be like my own personal thing I love tacos Um, and my friend actually found halal taco places around here so I just I want to cry because it's so delicious and I've gone at least like three or four times now (laughs) so uh, yeah I have that I craved pho and I don't know, honestly, I, you start craving things as soon as you start fasting. And then by the time you open your fast, you eat like nothing because your stomach just uh, adjusts to it. Um, but I feel like I have more cravings than I actually end up eating. The music you're hearing is by UW Tacoma Associate Teaching Professor Nicole Blair. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. You will find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts.